0: If I could, I would, yeah. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 157 of Grumpy Old Bens for Monday, May 3rd, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac, where over the weekend 45 people were shot, only five fatally though. And
0: from America's left coast, where the only thing that can stop the oncoming tide of Californians will be a lack of vehicle charging stations along the interstate i'm ryan Bemrose.
1: there's gonna be a lot of electric cars just kind of stranded in the road <laughs> it's i i figure you know at some point they're just
0: gonna you you, you won't have to pave the roads anymore because it'll be bumper to bumper electric cars that have all run out of power and then you just start running cables between them and it's power up
1: the whole line at once yeah. that how it works they got to figure 45? out how to charge while they're moving only five yeah. what the hell is wrong with your city they need to get better with their guns, they need to get the aim a little bit better. Uh, but with the cars, I'm kind of thinking maybe can they have something like the military has for the fighter jets, you know, where you have the big plane, the tanker plane that flies in front of them? and then Like they, a mid-air refueling? Yeah, or? that would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the beautiful thing about traveling
0: on the ground is that you can just stop. And they do have. Uh, I've, I've seen plenty of things. There's a, a device that a lot of the tow companies are are starting to invest in now where they've got like a big trailer with a huge diesel generator on it that they just tow out to the electric car and then run a diesel generator, which of course doesn't create any carbon pollution or anything so that they can put enough power into the electric car to get it to the next charging station, wherever that
1: is. Right. Like a little quick charge. Now where, unfortunately these batteries are so large. Because if the batteries were a reasonable size, there would be a business of just swapping batteries when you get to a uh,
0: I, I, I still think that that's the only point where we could you know we, without some kind of overbearing regulation like like Biden coming out and signing an executive order saying all the all gas powered cars are gone and also you can't leave your homes ever again. Uh, without that, the only way that the market would move us away from gas-powered vehicles is if electric vehicles become as convenient. But but right now, they are a significant step
1: down in terms of charging usability. And what doesn't make sense is the amount of pollution that the vehicles put out now, and I think we've talked about this on Grumpy Old Benz has gotten so much better. And then when you bring in the hybrids, the amount of emissions that they're putting out are so low that you probably shouldn't even be worried about it at this point. But that gives you the backup of you never wind up. I don't have a charge, so I have to wait for five hours before I can move my vehicle.
0: Yeah. Having having the hybrid available. Okay, look, I'm at you know, I'm at at one percent instead of zero percent. Oh, boo hoo. But uh, the ability to get where you want to get. You know, honestly, the number one thing that that uh, hybrid vehicles and electric vehicles, the innovation that saved by far the most efficiency was regenerative braking. Once once we got that, that was like 80 percent of the efficiency bonuses, because when you, you know what do you do in a vehicle? All the time you're driving it, when you're driving in traffic, you're driving anywhere that is stoplights or anything, you are constantly speeding up and slowing down. Speeding up expends energy and slowing down in a normal gas-powered car will take all of that energy you just expended to speed up and convert it into heat, which then has to be dissipated. And that's a waste. That's a huge waste. And regenerative braking is is the huge innovation that says, actually let's go ahead and reuse that. Cause we'll use that power energy again to get started as soon as we can. I, that is amazing. And then we then decided to augment it with, Oh yeah. And we got these batteries where you can charge it for six hours and get 30 miles. Right. So this, by the way, was my first, uh, my first story. Uh, one of my only real stories today, because I woke up late and didn't do any research. So, uh, um, this is from business insider, uh, 20% of California electric car owners have switched back to gas. Did you follow this one?
1: No, I did not see this. That's an interesting stat. So, out so of, everybody uh, that tries it 20% oh, see, that means 80% stick with it, which is kind of surprising well, ha,
0: or have stuck with it so far. True. True. They yeah. could still jump. Um, this came from a, a researchers, Scott Hardman and Gil Tal from UC Davis published in the nature energy journal. And I like to go to primary sources, but I uh, only read the abstract on this one because they paywalled most of the article. Screw those guys. Um, they put out a uh, five different questionnaire surveys of people who purchased between 2012 and 2018. And uh, the 80% number comes from uh, the, the, the question of, you know, have, did you stick with it? Well, in 2018, that's only three years. So they've stuck with it for three years. You can usually have a car for longer than that. So the question is, will will those same people go, yeah, we're going on. But um <clears throat> one of the conclusions in the abstract was PEV, personal electric vehicle, no, uh plug in electric vehicle. Uh, discontinuance in California occurs at a rate of 20% for plug-in hybrid electric vehicle owners and 18% for battery electric vehicle owners. Um, we show that discontinuance is related to dissatisfaction with the convenience of charging, having other of. vehicles in the hu- yeah, having other vehicles in the household that are less efficient, not having level two charging at home, having fewer household vehicles, and not being male. <laughs>
1: Okay.
0: So that, I, 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 it wasn't clear to me from from the abstract whether being male leads you to be more likely to go back to gas power or less. Um, I guess it depends on whether you're you're a male with a Y chromosome or not. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it depends on how you use the vehicle because I think there's a lot of people who have jumped in to the space of electric vehicles that are doing so. As not their daily driver, but the car they drive for fun on the weekends that uh it's a lot easier to do that because electric powered cars are phenomenal when done right they can there was just an article about how the new version, the electric Ford Mustang coming out, has more power than the most powerful gas powered Ford Mustang. I mean there may be tricked out like Shelby versions or something that have more, but as far as the stock cars. The electric version yeah, uh, has more Mustang Mach E, wasn't it? it? may have been, which is <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you want to mock in the name all the time. But uh, the interesting thing is there's a ton of uh, torque that you can get out of electric motors. So if you're looking for a car that's fun to drive, that really goes when you stop your foot onto the gas pedal or whatever I guess, the electric cars have, the joystick, maybe whatever you're using, they're very responsive so they're fun but they're also something that you're only driving on the weekends and you're not driving across country with it you're driving it for the day usually bringing it back home and i would assume the people that are happy with it have a way to charge it at home
0: I, and coincidentally the uh the Mustang Mach E was the car that the Bloomberg writer uh in in the Bloomberg article had reviewed um and uh going back to the the pain in the butt of charging it and, uh, on, on level one charging, which is 120 volt, uh, line, you know, the same line that everybody has in their, uh, in their house. Um, he decided that he'd go ahead and plug in his Mustang Mach E to 120 volt for an hour. It increased the range on the vehicle by three miles. So, <laughs> in an hour? In an hour, it took an hour to charge it enough to go three more miles. And, uh, that's, that's pretty much the story with the charging systems on this. Uh, and that it, you have to have, uh, what, what's called level two charging. You have to connect a 240 volt outlet in order to make these things even remotely viable. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, I was over at Bemlet's place. He's, he's one of the only people I know who has an electric vehicle and is still willing to uh, talk to me. Um, well, he's he has a Chevy. Yeah, he's family. He doesn't have a choice, and, and I take advantage of that all the time. Uh, He has a Chevy Bolt, and I was over there trying to help him install a 240-volt outlet. And by the way, hint, uh, don't let your brother try to install stuff. Get an electrician for that sort of thing. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, that's dangerous, but, especially when you're popping to the 240 lines. Oh, it's just
0: it, it's a little tingling between the teeth. <laughs>
1: by tingling I mean, you bite your tongue off. Well, yeah, but you're over. See, that's where it's good that you didn't have that one right in front, the tooth, then. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't,
0: didn't bite my tongue entirely off. There was a gap. Yeah. Uh, but uh one of the uh results of the survey is that more than 70% of people who responded to the survey, people who bought electric cars, they, they, they bought an electric car and more than 70% do not have access to level two charging at home. And in the case of you have a home, it just means you have an installed one, you know, uh, Bimlet has the advantage of, of having a home that he's okay drilling holes in the wall in and therefore got an outlet installed. But if you're in an apartment complex and the apartment complex doesn't provide you a 240 volt charging station, you don't get one. Um, even more interesting was 61% reported that they don't have access to level two charging at work either, which means there are a lot of electric vehicle owners in California who only ever charge on 120 and for that uh, a a full 8-hour charge is going to get you 40 miles. at 50, you know, well, okay, it'll get the Mustang Mach-E 40-50 miles, but uh, you know, there are other there are other vehicles that are not as sporty and more efficient.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's well quite limited then without that in I mean, how long does it take on a level 2 to get you, you know, 100 miles? What do you have to normally uh, it's, do? It's it's
0: a lot quicker. Um on okay. level 2 charging uh i think i think uh you know bemlet's chevy bolt and and he can correct me if he's listening, but uh otherwise you know I'll just go ahead and gaslight you um I think it takes about four hours to go and get a full charge on level two charging so uh not not exactly convenient if you're doing a long road trip and you need to stop in somewhere to because you've reached your max range and want to get another max range because you're going farther than that. Right. Uh, but it, you know, he, you, you were saying people just use electric vehicles for fun. Bemlet uses it ex, uh, only as a commuter vehicle. He uses it to commute from, uh, his, you know, across the bridge from his place in, uh, it, it's what, 40 miles, 50. I I don't know how far he goes. It's, it's crazy. It's a lot farther than I want to drive through Tacoma, but, um, he he only uses it to commute and for puttering around and uh you know and certainly for hauling things like hauling firewood he has a gas powered truck <laughs> right um you know and and that's another another thing that it noticed is that of the people who uh decided that they were going to go back to gas powered vehicles one of the reasons it was given was uh they needed occasional access to a gas-powered vehicle, and so the people who also had a gas-powered vehicle in, in addition to their electric vehicle were more likely to keep the electric vehicle.
1: Right, because it makes it uh, into a niche car, a niche, however you want to say that. It gives you an opportunity to avoid most of the hassles because, oh, the car's not fully charged. I'll just leave that at home, and it could charge all day, and I'll take the other car today that and uses gas. Exactly. And it seems uh Bemlet just
0: is listening, just responded in discord. So uh, this is why I love get in the troll room, dude. But uh, this is why I-, I like streaming live. Best way to do shows, unless, of course, you suck at it. Um, <laughs> he says it takes about eight hours to fully charge on level two, which is 240 volt, which he has installed at his house. It takes about two, two and a half hours on level three charging, which is 480 volts, which is not something that's available to most residences. And in fact, uh, is only available to places that have special permits for super high voltage installations. But, uh, all of the Tesla supercharging stations, when Elon Musk goes out and talks about it, we'll put a. Supercharging station every fifty miles. Um, apparently, if you use up all your range, then on those supercharging stations, which are four hundred eighty volts, warning: do not lick. Um, <laughs> those stations will still take two and a half hours to fully charge a Chevy Bolt, which, by the way, is uh, is not one of the most performance oriented ones, and is probably one of the more efficient ones out there.
1: Well, and I am not a scientist, and I don't understand how a lot of this stuff works. But it was brought up in the troll room. I don't see who brought it up. But this, when you're dealing with batteries, the faster you charge, the more wear and tear you're putting on the battery, which will shorten its life because the cell phones are like Uh, that. I know. Yeah, I know. That's how it works with phones, you know, and if that is the same thing built in to the batteries being used in the cars, then it's 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 a hell of a lot harder to change those batteries than it is to just get a new phone. I don't have any reason. I don't have any information
0: about whether all electric vehicles use the same type of battery. But my understanding, at least with the Tesla's, is that they use lithium ion, which is the same battery that you have in your phone. And so would probably have the same characteristics. I don't think that there are any electric vehicles out there with like a huge array of the lead acid batteries because um, it would weigh as much
1: as a tank like, <laughs> it would be a little I slower. Know, I don't know. What, I don't know what all the technologies in use are. Yeah, but that's an interesting thing to look at because I installed a, a battery monitoring app we know we love apps on the Samsung when I had first gotten it and among other things a suggestion was only charge your battery to 80% because according to you know their studies whatever you know the science allegedly said well if you only charge your phone up to 80% you will extend the battery life by X amount of charging sequences because it's going back to a hundred is actually bad for the battery. And there's all this stuff that nobody really cares I, that much about. I, I remember when the, the first
0: rechargeable batteries came out, they were nickel cadmium and, and you had to like at that time, the advice was make sure that you charge it all the way up and then discharge it all the way down because the number of cycles is limited. Right. And then we came I I have to assume there are some very complicated circuits in these things. Now I have to assume that when I plug in a cable into my Android phone and it says, you know, the number starts counting up that it's actually doing battery management in the background. I know, you know, I know iPhone does that. I I, I have every reason to believe Android does that. Your, your operating system. The circuitry needs to be handling stuff like that. And if, if it's like, well, we really don't, need to go to hundred percent right now, then fine. Charge it to ninety percent and tell me it's a hundred.
1: Right. Well and that is the interesting thing because it's one thing where your phone goes from, you know, it gives me uh sixteen hours a day to oh it's down to fourteen hours because the battery's starting to go. Now a car, if you're like, oh we have a three hundred mile range and then two years down the road it's a two hundred mile range, that's kind of an issue.
0: Yeah well vehicle if if, when we were young vehicle meant freedom and at this point it's looking more and more you know you're going to be tethered to the grid you can only really effectively go a 100 miles or so um uh, vehicles are going to mean uh being able to get from your state-sponsored home to your state-sponsored job soon enough
1: and it'll be in your state-sponsored car it will be yes
0: exactly uh the uc davis offered a couple of options the the researchers from uc davis uh for why they think that electric vehicles have not progressed very far in the charging aspect because it it does point out rightly that um they have improved in efficiency they've improved in comfort they've improved in in uh, computing uh, the self driving now you're driving a smartphone that that has an app for everything um, but for some reason, they haven't managed to improve the charging experience. And what would you guess that, uh, a researcher from UC Davis pinned this on?
1: Um,
0: global warming. Ooh, ooh. You know, that's a good guess. It's not actually what I was going with though. <laughs> um, no, uh, fossil fuels. See, close, close. Um, they say that automakers have been making a half effort on electric vehicles because gas powered vehicles are still more profitable. Gas powered vehicles are still more profitable, possibly because they're better, but that's not, yeah. Um, the, the article, uh, business insider did point out that, uh, there has not yet been one automaker anywhere in the world that makes money on electric vehicles. And this might come as a surprise to people who are looking at Tesla and going, but they made money. Yeah, they made money, but in their Q1 earnings report, which I also read because it was linked, um, Part of the the reason that they made they did not make a profit on electric car sales. They made a profit on five hundred eighteen million dollars in regulatory energy credits that they sold to other automakers.
1: <laughs> See, this is why they're in Bitcoin and Dogecoin. So, and, and they made uh, they
0: cashed out two hundred seventy two million dollars worth of Bitcoin for uh-huh. one hundred one million
1: dollar profit. This is why and, Elon was pumping that he needed the cash, man.
0: Yeah, and the Bitcoin went up enough between what what was it, November or so when Tesla announced they were going to pick up a crap ton of Bitcoin. Yeah. And then during Q1, they sold it for a $100 million profit.
1: Yeah. I mean, just to give you an example, we talked about on the last show because I had gotten my most recent payout from the two miners thing where I've been just leaving the computers on to do a little mining overnight in Ethereum and the payout amount is 0.05 ethereum and the first time that happened i was like oh i was a little disappointed because it was only like 70 dollars." because i thought it was going to be like 80 something at the time and i talked about how when the last one came through on thursday i believe of last week the 0.05 ethereum was 138 dollars and 77 cents well i checked right before the show today the 0.05 ethereum where it was 13877 on friday is now 15660 so that's about another 12 14% jump in 3 days i mean it's nuts i mean it's, it's all because of disaster girl it may be those those memes are being sold nobody's buying the uh, corn pop art though i mean come on everybody go to rareable yeah. and buy you know spend 20000 on my Corn pop art if, if, and it'll go you know, If
0: you were putting up inauguration, yeah, the one that went viral, maybe that would have been better. <laughs> okay. a corn pop
1: never went viral. But he everybody loved corn pop because he's a really bad dude. I've heard that. Yeah. But this is how the crypto is going up, up and up. And we're still assuming it's a bubble, but we'll see how long the bubble can inflate before it craps out. But was there anything else on the uh, or, or, uh, or
0: or or how far the bubble can inflate? Be, you know, can, can the bubble outlast the bubble that is the U.S. dollar?
1: Yes, that's going to be the interesting question. It is. And how soon until the government decides? I mean, what what do we
0: got? Four trillion dollars in new spending. Thank you, Democrats. Boy, that whole dollar sure looks like a bubble these days, doesn't it?
1: Well, see, the government, if they were smart, could have paid for all of this. By investing all of the tax money they got in 2019, the largest ever, thanks to Donald Trump, and if they would have put that all into Bitcoin, bam, they would have more than enough money to pay off every debt they have, which, I mean, I was just bringing this up as a, a crazy example, but I'm doing the math in my head now, and I'm not a math major like you were, but I, I bet you that that would have actually been true, that they could have paid off the debt of the country if they would have put all that money into Bitcoin. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Well, that I, I think that there, there would be people who, who would question. I, I'm not sure oh, that I would, would be so. particularly popular move. No. Oh, then again, you know, the Democrats, they have control of everything. Why would you, why would you care about what's popular? Just push your agenda.
1: They're throwing money out the window left and right. You but the well reason they'll
0: never do it, it, it is because they actually don't give a flying crap about whether or not the, The budget is balanced or or the, you know, any economic woes caused by out out of control spending. That's something for the future generations, you know, for for all of the please think of the children, the saddling the trillion, uh, the, the children with trillions and trillions of dollars of public debt that couldn't possibly harm them in any way. We'll be all
1: we'll all be happy socialists by then, right? Well, that's what they're using to push people in that direction, which is, well, you know, you owe this. But if you go with our plan, it's like it's free. I mean, we take yeah. everything away from you, but it's like it's it, free then.
0: And, and you know, in, in five years or 10 years, it'll be more like if 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 everybody here just cuts back from two to one slice of bread a week then we might be able to go another three months without the economy crashing.
1: And you know, it's, nobody would do that.
0: Well, not Bill Gates, not, not Anthony Fauci, not Camelto Harris.
1: Is there anything else on these
0: gas? Uh, electric- uh, you know what? Insert, insert, you know, whatever rant you want to hear about uh, the just the regulatory energy credits. It's such
1: a ridiculous concept. the, Idea well, yeah, that that's how Gore make, made all of his money was on the carbon credits. Yeah.
0: I, I mean that's what it is. And I I'm really quite frustrated to the point of almost incoherence about the fact that this the carbon tax and carbon credits are now being instituted in the state of Washington. So I'm not sure that now is the right time to put this. But let's just assume that I did a really long and really angry rant about the very idea that Uh, You know, regulation, a government state regulation is so overbearing on the economy that now you can take the threat of having a gun pointed at you for doing something wrong and turn that and sell it as a commodity.
1: It just, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And so it's again, it's the framing of things because, oh, electric powered vehicles, we could get off of the big bad petroleum it'll be much cleaner it'll be better for the environment that all sounds great and nobody pays attention because the mainstream media certainly doesn't tell you who is making billions of dollars off of thin air with these credit type systems yeah green power sounds
0: really great until you go ask one of the landfill operators who's sitting here going well we're not going to have any space in three more years because it's getting filled up with windmill turbine blades
1: (laughs) No, oh, those last forever, and they guess they do in the landfill. They give us so much electricity too. It's the most efficient form of electric production in the world. Yeah, isn't for, it? For about ten, twelve, fifteen years. <laughs> that is- the, the
0: operate I mean, the the longest, newest ones coming off the line have a lifespan of twenty years or so. But it, that that's how long it's capable of creating energy. I I know we've gone over this before, but it just blows my mind. The the the. People who stand up and say, well, we need to get rid of all other forms of power generation and just put windmills everywhere like the the show art you did for no agenda, putting windmills all the way around the country. That was that was awesome um, because it'd be such an eyesore. But um, th- just be to be clear, again, you don't have to be a math major to be able to use a calculator. The average estimated lifespan of a windmill. That was put in 15 years ago is about 15 years, meaning it's going offline. The total amount of power that was generated over 15 years of operation for those windmills is and sold into the power market, which power is not super cheap still. And there's always a lot more demand for it. Um, the total power generated by one of these windmills is less than the cost to create it. Companies are literally losing their shirts making windmills and operating them for fifteen years. The only thing that makes people still do this is massive, massive, huge government subsidies. The federal government is coming out here and handing people here. Here's, uh, you know, forty million dollars a year per windmill to go operate and make power. And they're like, well, okay, the the one million, I you know, these numbers are made up, but the the one million a year that I can use to sell the electricity and operate the windmill plus the five million a year that the government is giving me because my energy is green just barely lets me break even on the cost of the windmill it it's it's such a losing proposition it's the same problem it's how many of these feel good you know uh social justice how many industries would just completely collapse if the Public money weren't being used to prop them up.
1: Well, that's it, which is why you always have to be um, concerned when the government jumps behind something like this. And we knew that when this started, because Obama put a lot of money into companies, including, I'm sure, windmills. But also, I remember a huge one that was a huge scandal afterwards, which was a solar panel company. Same thing. You put a ton of money in. The end result is. You got nothing coming out so you can see where Trump was a genius as being a business person somehow got there's I mean, I know a lot of people think the vaccines are just mind control or they're trying to rewrite your DNA, but he was able to get a bunch of pharmaceutical companies to accomplish something fairly quickly where a lot of this stuff turns into vaporware and there's billions of dollars spent and it's all on you know a folly because it's never going to be a sustainable form of energy. The windmill thing just isn't going to work. The solar no. thing in most areas in the United States not going to work. I mean in Seattle there, there there are there are four technologies for
0: generating power which consistently can a create enough power to supply a grid. And B, are create enough power and have it low enough cost to be self-sustaining. There are only four. Those are coal, natural gas, hydro, and nuclear. Now, if you want to get away from using fossil fuels, that kills coal and natural gas. And if you don't have a steep river nearby, what are your options? Nuclear.
1: Yeah. Why, Why is that such a scare word for everybody? Because they saw what happened at Three Mile Island. And in, uh, uh, in in Russia, right? That was. Uh, yeah, but
0: it, it, they're judging the entire industry based on the worst possible example. Yeah. That would be like judging the entire Democratic Party based on whether or not Biden can string a few sentences together. It's, <laughs> you're, you're, right. you're taking all of these people who can think and understand and, and comprehend sentences and judging them by one person who doesn't know what time of day it is. That That's kind of the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yes, Chernobyl, Billy Bones. Yet yeah, not uh, yeah. Fukushima. That's where we dropped a well, bomb. I mean, but I mean, uh, when
0: you think nuclear, everybody thinks of Chernobyl, Fukushima, Three Mile Island, and like two other. It, well, actually, I can't think of any other.
1: And well, uh, right, and the technology and the understanding has gotten so much better. There are nuclear facilities here but, in Illinois. They do a great job at providing us with electricity when it's hot, when it's cold. Uh, we don't have problems with blackouts. We don't have problems with not having enough energy and it's clean. So the problem is just a scare word. And I don't understand. Well, I do understand why it's because just like Black Lives Matter don't really give a crap about black people. The people that are pushing for the Green New Deal don't really care about the planet. <laughs> that is just yeah, a- so
0: that's that's a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I would point out about. <laughs> Chernobyl and Fukushima, Three Mile Island. Every single one of them, yes, they were terrible. And no, they'll never happen again because they have each of those has been studied over and over and over again to realize, you know, oh, here's exactly what went wrong. Every subsequent reactor after that was redesigned so that, you know, in Chernobyl, the the uh fail hot, they're like, oh, this is bad. And now every reactor is designed so that if every system in the entire building fails, then the control rods fall into the machine and kill the reaction. And, and Chernobyl was designed so that the control rods were lifted by hydraulics and the hydraulics went out. The control rods fell out. Everything ran out. We don't make reactors like that anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. Chernobyl cannot repeat. Fukushima, they were like, okay, you know, we've got, we need to keep this thing cool. And so we're going to keep it cool with diesel and and or grid operated uh electric pumps that are then backed up by diesel and they learned, hey, here's what happens if there's seawater in the pump room everything stops pumping and that's a, so now we updated our design so that doesn't happen again. It, it's like uh the other example that I can come up with the C- Tacoma Narrows Bridge. I've told you about this Gallup and Gertie. Right. We don't make bridges like that anymore because we made a suspension bridge with a completely flat surface really long suspension bridge in a place that it was windy. The bridge started spinning like a ribbon in the wind and we realized we need some rigidity. And now every single suspension bridge ever created, you see a a truss superstructure on, on the bridge deck to keep it from bending. We learn from things. That's what engineers do. We can't have these disasters again because new designs
1: preclude them. And they're all for it. In electric cars, for some reason, and self-driving cars, but nuclear technology, no, that's scary. But you can hurdle yourself on letting a computer drive you across a bridge, and uh, that's
0: perfectly fine.
1: I don't understand. I just, the, what noticed in,
0: the, in, the, in the troll room, Bully that says, waste is always a problem. Washington State has glass capsules that leak in eastern Washington. Uh, first of all, uh, Hanford, uh, I've been there. In fact, I almost took a job there. Um, it, uh, that was very first generation of the nuclear stuff. And yes, we are still dealing with the mistakes that were made back then. Uh, my point is that we're not going to be making those mistakes again. Uh, the other thing is it's Eastern Washington. Um, I can't imagine anybody in Seattle cares about them on the economy. doesn't care about them on rights. Doesn't care about them on the constitution. Why would they care about them on nuclear poisoning?
1: Damn, that's a pretty dark view of your home state fuck seattle <laughs> you're looking to get out aren't you yes if anybody would like to buy some property in the greater seattle area ryan at grumpy old ben's oh and it's not
0: just seattle uh it the, the, you heard the latest about uh portland mayor ted wheeler who uh is they're almost they're expecting that he might be resigning soon
1: <laughs> well yeah because he was all for all of this uh rioting but that was that's going on not why he's resigning no what did he do because i know he's he was resigning because he, he he
0: made some public statements saying that antifa is getting too violent and needs to tone it down right and antifa put out a video the video had ted wheeler's personal home in the background of the video so somebody was standing there filming it and the voiceover said Ted, we are asking you for the last time that you resign. If you ignore this message outright, outright, the destruction to your precious way of life is going to escalate. Blood is already on your hands, Ted, but next time it may just be your own. This was three days after Ted Wheeler vowed to put a stop to recurring Antifa violence in his city and, uh, the video was posted on the 27th and yesterday i was still able to find it on twitter because if you recall twitter doesn't remove political violence when it comes from the left
1: right even if it's going against somebody on the left so that's a beautiful thing i guess
0: i i mean it's it's an example of the left eats its own but at the same time uh if if you're in northwest portland or northwest oregon um that place is getting scary
1: yeah but Joe and Kamala will tell you that antifa is not a real thing. It's just a it's just a state of mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. Antifa is just an idea.
1: Yeah. So uh,
0: now, now we have an idea who are are openly threatening the lives of publicly affected uh, elected officials and their families. Um. Uh. Oh. Oh. And and somehow January sixth was a, a violent insurrection. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going with that gaslighting, you dumbass media. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, keep on lying. People buy it. Nobody pays attention. The attention span has gotten so short for most people that they don't even get daily news, which, I mean, I guess it could be good and bad. I mean, there's something to be said every now and then for checking out and not living because some people go the other direction. And that is very harmful to your health where you're addicted to watching CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, doesn't matter which, but you're watching news 24 seven all through the day. And it's uh, a bit of overload. But on the other side of that, I mean, I'm not sure which one I would say is more dangerous. The people that are totally addicted and can't stop consuming news 24 seven or the people who pay zero attention to it because they're both problematic for well, their lives.
0: I, I think that we could solve a lot of problems if both of them just stopped voting until they decided to do some research. <laughs> research for themselves but but now we're straying into my utopia where the government by the people is informed yeah well that's rare
1: that is rare and it, it works right up until you add humans yeah and you see it on all sides of things you see it on all sides of arguments i saw a post on no agenda social which is still the best social media out there the other day but it was a boost from somebody that was off no agenda social but it was Don't you see you're all just being mind controlled? That's the government. The vaccines are bad, man. Don't you have any critical thinking? And I'm like, I don't think you have any critical thinking either. (laughs) This is the problem. It's if you if you're looking at anything in black and white, you've lost the chance to say, you know, the other side doesn't have critical thinking because there is a lot in the interim. There's a lot going on in, in the middle. And this is what we need more people to understand. And this is what became a huge problem under Trump is it's either one or the other. There's nothing in between.
0: The best part about it is that that type of person is the one that you put all the spotlight from the leftist media on and see, say, see, the far right wing are all insane. They need to be canceled. That's. I I'm, Admittedly, it's the same thing that we're doing, where you know I'm putting the spotlight on the the violent assholes in Antifa in Portland, and but we saying, can prove See, they the exist. Wait, they they do exist. They absolutely exist. And uh, you know I'm I'm not going to be so uh, stereotypical as to characterize everybody who votes Democrat as oh you're you're just like these people who are trying to murder the the mayor of a city but it, it, it at some point y- you got to cull your own you know in in the no agenda troll room uh you know will we, when somebody goes off and starts spouting the the really crazy far right nut wing you know we we like i what the hell am i trying to say i don't know Train of thought is, it just skipped the track um, are you, are you, is this joe biden I, it woo, it is woo. except that he'd never admit it um <laughs> if, if uh, we I value free speech but there comes a time and a place even in places like the no agenda troll room where we as a group value free speech that you're like okay you you need to stop talking because you're making yourself and everybody around you stupider and I uh, in in my role as every once in a while I'm thrust into a position of having to moderate various groups that I'm with and uh it seems to collect around me I don't understand why a bunch of "Quote unquote right wing people, and when the right wing people start spouting the really crazy stuff, then um I mean, yeah, you're you're stupid too. Yeah, I I mean anybody who comes out and is you know uh, uh, trust the plan, Trump is going to be inaugurated pretty soon. <laughs> no, like, no, it's oh,
1: shadow okay. government. He's the puppet master. He's oh, the is one. that what the story is? There are okay, some, I find, yeah. I,
0: you know what? I find these uh, tremendously entertaining, and more importantly, uh, you know, again belief in free speech i'm not going to be censoring people but i tell you what you spot that stuff i'm tuning the hell out
1: yes it does it takes it down a peg and this is where people need to have the skill you know some people will call it a bs detector but you have to mentally note when people are either saying things that are so radically stupid That you go, okay. well, I have to remember maybe they're a little bit on the crazy side or you see people that are spewing things and we've seen racist stuff going on. And it's like, I don't like that. So, I mean, you go down a notch in my book and, you know, it's that's the way people should judge you on what you say and what you do. And there's sometimes that people pull stuff out when it's comedic. And that is sometimes hard to figure out when it's in a text format but uh you know you just you make those mental notes and you see if a pattern arises the the biggest problem with this is the the best
0: form of advice that we can possibly give relies on you having something that we don't know how to give you and uh you know in in my case i have always been i've always had a, a great bullshit detector i have always been pretty good at saying okay um that by the way I did, Practical advice how to do this is whenever somebody gives you new information, be skeptical and then and then. And by the way, here's the second part of it. Go try to learn more about it. And if if you can't do it, first of all, if you're not willing to put that in, you're going to be swayed by whichever persuasive idiot is going to come across and give you the the most influential spiel on YouTube. But.
1: Or TikTok or,
0: or t- yeah, or <laughs> I, I, I keep saying YouTube. It shows I'm so old. Nobody goes to YouTube anymore, but well, that's because least,
1: there's more ads than content, yeah. it seems, on YouTube now.
0: Yeah. Well, they're trying to sway you too. By the way, advertising, they're trying to sway you. Uh, but I, I keep saying, you know, be, be skeptical of new information you get and then go try to learn. And, and all of this has to do with critical thinking, which is something that I was actually had. People in public school try to instill in me and nobody's doing that with in public school with kids today and very few parents are. And we actually have a large number of people that everything I'm saying right now, there are a large number of people out there in the world today who are like, well, what do you mean? Think about it because they don't know how. (laughs) Right. They've, They've never they've never thought about a single thing in their life. They've never stopped and went, what? what actually you know here is what this person is telling me here is what this person is telling me how do i combine these two should i be skeptical of either one of them should i consider their motives the, the people it, it is a skill that needs to be trained and nobody's training them so y- y- people just don't think about uh you know, well a lot of people just don't even think about the immediate consequences of their actions but some of them are you know, Oh well you told me this and I guess I believe you or you told me this and you're in this demographic group and I hate that group so I don't believe you and and that's the limit of, of of what they're capable of understanding.
1: Well, that's because schools are more interested in critical race theory now than critical thinking, which is very sad and it's going to continue. The education system in America is already in trouble. This is going to make it exponentially worse for the kids that are unfortunately going through this system and allegedly being prepared for life and they're not. They're being taught how to be activists. Uh the white kids are being taught that they're themselves, their ancestors yeah. were horrible you have to people. hate yourself. Right. You have to hate yourself and that there are certain groups that need to get preferential treatment now because they were mistreated in the past. Uh but there was a state which there was some Is- I don't have this out, but I think it was Idaho. Bill O'Reilly covered this the uh, last week. That there is a state that is uh, that went through and passed a law. Now we'll see how this goes. I think it was Idaho that I passed that a law Idaho. saying it was illegal to do critical race theory in high schools and colleges in uh, in the state. Maybe grammar. So maybe grammar schools to alls or uh, at whatever you call well, them today. It would, elementary.
0: It would be any state-approved uh, education curriculum. So. I I remember reading this article, it was Idaho, and uh, it, it would be, I'm pretty sure it applied to any any state-approved curricula, uh, which would include private schools or home schools, where in in order to get your, your a state official stamp that says, the, you know, that stamp you on the forehead with a barcode that says, you've been educated, you have to have been trained in some state-approved curriculum.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, that's moving in the right direction.
0: Could it be that critical race theory in, in schools is actually being pushed by the therapy lobby? Like, like therapists and, and counselors who got together in a union and decided, you know what? We, we need to train an entire generation of people who will be broken human beings that fall apart without our constant service. And so the, the therapy lobby is investing in future revenue streams by breaking little kids and forcing them to hate themselves based on skin color because that's got to be setting them up for a lifetime
1: of spending money on therapists it certainly makes more sense than anything else i can come up with because the logic behind this is not strong unless you are an extremist activist and we know there are a lot of those in education and that is part of the problem parents for a long time and maybe this is finally starting to get better i think parents for decades checked out when it came to what their kids were learning in school because why well who cares as long as they're passing i don't need to sit and have a conversation with little jimmy at the dinner table about what he's learning his report card says he's getting a's i don't need to have any conversation with them i don't need to know what he's learning they're doing a good job i'm sure
0: well i think that that came from the the parents had gone through public school and and they learned important stuff like critical thinking like uh you know life skills like home ec and shop uh they learned how to do math they do, learned how to speak good english uh i think uh that the a lot of parents whether whether this is a proper assumption or not just kind of assume they're like well the school was fine for me. School was fine for, you know, all the last time that I paid attention to
1: it. So right.
0: it's still school. It's still called school. It's still run by the state. Uh, what could go wrong?
1: Nothing um, at all.
0: Uh, I, 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 I think that a lot of people are now starting to realize that somewhere along the line, education changed and and not entirely for the good. And, and are starting to pay more attention. Uh, there was a, I didn't, I didn't pull the article, but I did read it. I liked it. There was an article for, from, uh, Vail, Colorado. I don't know if you heard about this one. Um, where they had, uh, they've had in, in person school so far this school year, but they have a mandate that all children must must wear masks at all times during the, whether they're in class. And the parents, in Vail who uh that is as as far as Colorado goes that is a fairly conservative area uh the parents came to a school board meeting and it and the, the board meeting was packed and it was generally known that the parents were going to push the issue of of rescinding the mask mandate for their children and the school board wanted none of this they insisted that you absolutely had to have masks for all kids in school And so before the meeting even started, the school board got up and walked out so that they wouldn't have a meeting. So what did the parents do? Fired them. They elected a new school board and then the new school board
1: rescinded the mask mandate. (laughs) See, that is fantastic. That is whether you are a fan or not of the late Ronald Reagan when he was faced with a similar situation on a much larger scale of the people that did the flight control, you know, the air traffic controllers, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to strike." And he's like, "Uh if you do that, you're all going to lose your job." And they went, "Ha, no, you couldn't do that." And they went on strike, and he hired a whole new crew of air traffic controllers. And a lot of people were mad about it, but there comes a time when the people have to take back control. And if you're not well, what, happy with what's going on, <laughs> go take control back.
0: What, what one would argue that that the union people going on strike would would be the people trying to take control on uh, air traffic control is I mean, that is a, a high, high stress job. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I imagine that there were probably legitimate grievances in there, too. Um, but maybe shutting down air travel for the whole country might not have been the right solution. Um I'm not going to register a value judgment on, on which way that goes, but it is it is a fascinating story. in union dynamics it, it, the union has to before a union decides to do something like strike. They have to be damn sure of their bargaining position.
1: Right. Well, that's exactly it. You have to know a lot of people think they're irreplaceable, but there if that comes push comes to shove, a lot of times you find out, no, somebody else can do that job. and. This is about the 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 concept is being able to have a negotiation in good faith. And when either side of a negotiation tries to play that they have too big of a stick and they don't, that's usually a bad thing.
0: This is why the the union of grumpy old Ben's hosts named Bemrose has not gone on strike yet, because they're they're not convinced that their bargaining position is such that you won't bring in Sir Gene.
1: Oh, well, Sir Gene, he can always complain. Sir Gene is good at complaining, and he doesn't like to take criticism, although he does apologize when he realizes that he was wrong. That's what I mean. I'm just saying I'm not unique. (laughs) That is true. That is true, except uh, I, I did like that Sir Gene made a comment over on No Agenda Social. Again, one of the best places to be. Get off of Twitter. Go to No Agenda Social. That was talking about the bandwidth issue that we were talking about on the last Grumpy Old Benz. And he's like, how does anybody live without, you know, a gig both ways? How do they have an OnlyFans page? And uh, I put a comment with the video of the Hindenburg bursting into flames with Sir Gene with an OnlyFans page. Oh, the humanity. And it was actually one of the few messages that I've ever posted on there that Adam Curry actually replied to with my, my mental image was way worse than the Hindenburg with Sir Gene having an OnlyFans page. So, uh, Sir Gene was taking some heat.
0: Unfortunately, I think you have to pay three ninety nine a month to get those mental images.
1: You no, know, you have to. Well, no, the mental images are free. You have to pay like a hundred dollars a day just to get them out of your mind. Then therapy. Yes, the scrubbing. That's, there we go. We're, we're back to the therapist's <laughs> union, Sir Gene. Why are you pimping for the therapist union? Stop. Stop doing that. But just, just okay. Just stop. But uh,
0: everybody, take a moment. But you know, take put your head between your hands. Uh, you know, lean down. The moment will pass. Just think about serene thoughts like like
1: Sir Pemro's in a robe. If kids if kids are in the classroom, do they still have to, like, sit underneath their desk and wait for the nuclear uh, bomb thing to go on your little, uh, you know, the the fake little drills? Or we used to have tornado drills in our schools because, of course, we're in Illinois, which is we have some tornadoes that come through here. And that was all, you know, go into the hallway and sit and put your head between your legs. And it was kind of like, is that yeah, right. really going to be helpful? <laughs> that is it's the proper position to kiss your ass. Goodbye. Yes, it is. It's, but that's about all it is good for. I mean, I guess maybe it keeps you from uh, getting flying glass where the hallways, there's no windows. Oh, so- well, that's
0: what it's protecting against. It, it, you know, the, I've seen people talk about, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. Believe it or not. I know that you might not be able to tell from my commentary. I don't like the mask mandates. Uh, oh, but I, thought you I, liked, I don't.
1: I, wait, you don't? I thought you liked the I masks.
0: Don't. I, I'm I'm clarifying that right now. I don't actually like the mask mandates. I I have seen people compare the mask mandates to uh, say you know, the the same people who are mandating that your kids wear a mask against a virus are the the same people who uh, told them that if they hide under their desks during a nuclear attack they'll be safe. And uh, it it's a funny comparison, and I do like it. Not actually the same people. They're like 60, 70 years removed. The people today are much, much stupider in government, I think. Um, but I wanted to just kind of make it clear when they said hide under your desk, they know damn well that if, if your building gets hit by a nuclear attack or a tornado, you're screwed. There isn't any way around that other than not, not being in the building is the right way to do it. But right. you know, like a nuclear attack, it's pretty hard to be far enough away. Right. But. If a nuclear attack falls 10 miles away and the blast knocks out windows or makes the ceiling fall or something like that underneath your desk or under a sturdy table or in a door frame is a lot safer than underneath the falling ceiling. This actually isn't terrible advice. I just I've I've seen so many people make fun of it. And of course, you know, you know, people who mask holes need to be made fun of. But I just wanted to mention yeah, I, the, the, being under your desk in the event of an attack, if you're under the bomb, not going to help. Nothing does. Right. It, you, it, but if you're, if you're 20 miles away from the bomb, the shockwave is going to do some real damage. And uh, I, I tell you what, if, if the question is, uh, is being under my desk and not getting hit by flying glass or being out in the open and having a, a flying shard of window perforate my eyeball. <laughs> i'm okay with the desk thing
1: yeah i mean you're doing something it makes sense it actually makes a lot more sense than the masks make because viruses size mass air moving through it does Yeah, yeah we've had that debate Uh, the the
0: only thing the mask really helps with is if people are hawking loogies at each other and the other thing that helps with that is punching them in the face when they start to
1: (laughs) i feel sorry for everybody that has to wear masks when being out and about the only time i've had to wear them is going into doctor's appointments because otherwise i've just stayed out of any area that would need me to have a mask on so through this whole thing maybe i've wore a mask for about two and a half hours three hours total through the thing and uh, i know so i don't have a great uh, comparison for what it's really like my wife wears it at work because that's what they're supposed to do although i mean she went to the the uh cloth ones you know that you buy so there's they're really doing next to nothing but they're a lot more comfortable to wear because you can actually breathe through them easier than you know the masks that you would get in uh you know the paper mask
0: speaking of conspiracy theories have you seen the the videos come out of the people who uh talk about the little black worm like things that come in fresh packs of surgical masks that they're talking about are the mind worms that are burrowing into your forehead or (laughs) Yeah, like you breathe it in and it, it burrows in and infects your system. And now you have lung worms or something.
1: That seems like a Doctor Who or a Twilight Zone episode I, it, just it, waiting. Uh, like, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I read it as this is a fantastic fiction story, but of course there are people and, and, and we're going back to, to oh, both sides, uh, have the, the complete nut jobs. I, I don't, I don't believe that. Companies are out there creating, putting mind control worms in fresh packs of, of surgical masks. You probably shouldn't be wearing a mask, but that's not the reason that I would give.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, and if you're seeing little black things in the masks, they're probably just a really cheaply made Chinese factory where yeah. there's a, there's a bug. Like, infestation. like they didn't
0: bleach all the fibers correctly or something. Right. And and they're like, you know, well, when you when you put it under a microphone, microscope and you breathe warm Moist air into it, then it starts to move like a worm. I'm like, yeah, fibers
1: do that when you get them <laughs> moist. That's Yes. Yeah, that's what fibers do. And uh they, like you're absolutely correct. When I hate saying that. I mean I my brain was like, no, I love don't, it when you say that. Don't say that to Pemro's. Never say you you're say absolutely correct. Yeah, it's uh it's a bad thing. But there are nut jobs on both sides that take these things to an extreme. And that's why we have so many problems. There are some stories. We have to move down this list. Otherwise, we'll never get to them because there are some stories about uh, the whole, uh, how the social media sites are going to handle fake news and all that. But I did want to mention before. Are, are they censoring it? You no, know, they're kind of. Yeah. But I mean, in, in different I ways.
0: mean, there's a, there's an if then in the beginning. If, if the fake news matches our agenda, then
1: promote it. Otherwise, censor it. But yeah, it's a question of. Who gets to decide and what the penalties are and all that. But I wanted to mention that we are now podcast 2.0 compliant as more than most podcasts. I guess we've tested the transcripts and that's something we still may go further into in the future. And that's easy to retrofit if we really want to. But as of now, I mean, not only are we doing the chapters, not only do we have the person tags, not only do we have a funding tag, now we have the value tag. Which means if you're using one of the fancy players that allow you to stream satoshis while listening, that will work with Grumpy Old Bands and my other show, Random Thoughts. So
0: the 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 apps that do that so far, it, it, the ones I know about are Sphinx and Breeze. Was there any?
1: Has anything else come up yet? Do you know Podfriend is one which runs in a browser. But there's also a list over at podcastindex.org of all of the uh, programs and apps that have been updated. These podcast apps are updating fast and furious to be a part of this, which makes sense because sure. there's a part in there which it, says they get a cut.
0: So yeah, it says the app gets a cut if if you can connect your podcast app to to allow streaming money from the one end to the other, then. The the spec actually says, and the podcast app gets to take a cut, and they, they recommend 1%, which is, I think, what most apps are doing. But, it, yeah, uh, it, it, financial incentive. Who knew in a capitalist society that that would be a, a thing that would work?
1: And I think that will help for the app developers because it's another area that it's really hard to get people to pay for that because there's plenty of free ways to listen to podcasts and i don't think most people pay for the paid version of these apps that exist so this is a way for the people doing that to get a little bit of cash and it's an interesting concept we don't have a sphinx tribe it's being asked by our buddy boobery from the behind the schemes at, at least not one that we know of right you know we're not on sphinx we did the the bare minimum because you know i had been anointed by the pod father that i i should be the one helping people get completely podcast 2.0 compliant. And while we've talked a lot about it and we knew what needed to be done, we hadn't done it because it was a time versus uh, value versus, you know, how much is coming in thing. And uh, I mean, to be fair
0: and and with, with, with the stick, like grumpy old Ben's um, we're, we're not exactly going to be known as early adopters who jump on the newest technology all the time.
1: Right. We'd like to know what it is. But the reality of this is we have a lot of great experts who have been supporting the show through various other means, and uh, we'll see how that compares as the streaming stuff moves on, because it's going to take a little while to see if this catches on. But we did this on Friday, and I checked right before the show. And uh, since we have added grumpy old Ben's to the system, since we've added the value block to the podcast, we have made two thousand three hundred and eighteen Satoshis.
0: Woo. So that's like what, four or five hundred dollars, a
1: (laughs) dollar thirty four. Okay. so so Bitcoin needs to continue going up more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin needs to keep going up for and uh, when.
0: when when we reach about a dollar per Satoshi, then I'll be, I'll be really excited about that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, in general, I'm not revising my, my advice that, uh, apps are a security hole and almost never worth it. And you should not install apps. But if you do ignore my advice and install apps, then we recommend that you install one of the apps on podcastindex.org, which allows you to get in on the Satoshi streaming model.
1: And it is, of course, we make money on that. It'll be interesting to watch and see how this all works out. I'm torn because I think most people that want to donate to a podcast want the credit for doing that. And I mean, that's certainly the way I am, you know, especially if there are things like with no agenda, although I still haven't uh, I haven't claimed my ring and all that yet from no agenda, even though I've been a knight for a while. But I like that you're working towards something, you know, that there is you're getting some value and no agenda, I think, does a really good job, which is why we tried to copy it with giving people titles and giving you status within the community. And I think people like that. And well, yeah, copy, steal. It's it's an homage. But I think people want that credit most of the time for what they're doing. So that is something that doesn't exist. in this system, at least as of yet, to where you don't see, well, okay, we got two thousand three hundred and eighteen satoshis, then you have to see who that came from. You know, if you want that kind of information that doesn't exist as of yet. So that'll be interesting to see how if people like doing it that way, or would they rather still give money via check or well, think the,
0: the people who don't want to be outed the people who don't want us to dox them just because they donated that this is a great anonymous way to do it because there's no way for us to get if if a boost comes in there's no way that we even know who did it or where it came from right uh, which is yet. why the, i wouldn't be surprised if the the podcast index folks are, are aren't working on the ability to create a a message to go along with the boost i know sphinx does that automatically
1: that would be interesting
0: I don't know if that's in podcasting yet.
1: You know, I was talking on Friday to get this set up because you have to insert the value part into the header. So, I mean, we had to manually hack that into the WordPress, the Blueberry plugin that we use. And I was talking to Midas from the Fun Fact Friday show because he had already done this and he was showing me where to do that. And, you know, we were talking about this concept. And while it's great because it, Let's people do this all anonymously the drawback of that is he was talking about our buddy sir omaha i think it was that had tried to boost and was streaming and trying to boost to somebody and they weren't getting it so they went to the satoshis.stream guys which is the service we're using right now because setting up your own node is either like 350 bucks in gear and having a steady connection, which we both do, but the three hundred and fifty bucks in gear it's like well let's let's try this first and see if it's worth the three hundred and fifty bucks in gear, or you're paying voltage i o eighteen bucks a month in order to have the podcaster node that's always open and able to take your money at any time you want so it's like okay, at the very least if you're going to move to that, I'd like to be making at least you know twenty bucks a month before I start paying twenty bucks a month, and meet us at. That every
0: podcaster is going to have to make that decision, uh, like where is your cutoff line? What's your
1: yeah? And you know, Meta's told me with Sir uh, Oma that there was money missing, and they contacted the Satoshi's dot stream guy, and they're like, oh yeah, this was this was configured incorrectly. Now, see, this is a big fail right now when people are having money go around, and it doesn't mean that the Satoshi's dot stream guys are not honest. Not saying that, but I understand which is the concern we brought up, which got comma strip blogger in a little trouble for the comic that he put out that why people are questioning. And I know this is small amounts of money right now, but even if it's, Oh, I sent a dollar to you and that didn't get there. Where is it? And you're the guy that in the middle goes, Oh wait, yeah, I made a mistake. That's bad. And these are problems. Like we said, with the nuclear stuff, let's hope they're getting fixed and they never happen again.
0: You have to you have to apply Hanlon's razor, which is don't attribute to malice what can be adequately explained by incompetence. True. But there's a lot the, more incompetence. The effect, is, the effect is the same way. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, malice is is certainly out there. And there's there's plenty of that out in the world. But but incompetence is far more plentiful. Um, yes. But the effect is the same way is uh, this is something that needs to be addressed.
1: Right. It needs to be addressed. And this has to be you know some kind of transparency behind it. And then Midas told me because I'm I didn't look at the support in because this it did require me to resurrect a Telegram account which I didn't really want to do but I I took the hit you know I got back on Telegram to get this set you up than me yeah I know and Mita said in their support channel Adam was having a bit of a disagreement with the guys running this over fees and he thought they were charging too much in fees and all that so there's there's still stuff. That needs to be massaged while uh, this is all being done. And uh, it, it's uh, going to be fun to I watch. Could go for a massage. It's a great concept, but I'm still not sure if the average person would rather go that route or just strictly go where they can. Because you can send crypto oh. direct.
0: We're 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 not talking about the average person. We're talking about the, the average podcaster who is long on opinion and time but doesn't necessarily oh, no,
1: we're talking about the average podcast listener. Oh well uh, yeah. That's because they're the ones that are sending the money. Right now I think it is all podcasters sending podcasters money through this system. I yes. think that is what we've got here. And I did I sent Midas some uh Cardano as a thanks and I, I said give it give it to your daughter because she'll spend it more wisely than you will. But uh
0: that's like sending me money and be like, uh, we're actually going to send this to your wife.
1: Yeah. Well, no, she she told me when we started podcasting never to send you any kind of funds directly. It all has to go through her. Good I'm advice. Like, I'm like, that's that's OK with me. She um, gives me a monthly allowance <laughs> depending on whether or not blow it all on cat food and booze. If you're nice to people when you go out, is that uh, <laughs> like, no, no, her her expectations aren't that high. Oh, well, that's good. That is good, because that might be a little too high. So. You know,
0: it, I, I was going to suggest we transition to an expert segment after this, because we're already talking about it.
1: Yeah, we should, because we do have a lot of experts to thank on today's show, because it is, in fact, the first show of May. Woo! And uh, well, let me see. Did it, did it finally come through? Oh, yes. We finally received the Bitcoin here. And uh, this is interesting, because this was from our buddy, the Millennial, who... Kyle, who first used the check system to get us a uh, a donation before the show, said he had sent some Bitcoin and he gave me the screenshot to prove that it was done. And it took um, almost and I was it a little I mean, maybe more than an hour for the Bitcoin to come through, which is a very this is, again, when you're talking with the crypto and the uh, the amount of time that it takes, 1150 that came through. So that is was like an hour and a half in processing time to get the donation from one bitcoin wallet to another which it uh it seems like it maybe uh, dropped slightly a few cents in translation which is why people trying to use this kind of stuff to buy a house or buy a car and it's like hell I'll send you 500,000 in bitcoin and then by the time the thing is done it's 400,000 you know or it's 6 yeah
0: well but, you know, with, with with the way that things are going under the Democrats, the U.S. dollar is going to be like that, too. I'll be like, I'm going to bring you five hundred thousand in cash. And then uh, by the time it gets there, it's only worth four hundred fifty because of inflation.
1: Right. Right. And this is from Kyle, otherwise known as some young guy over on no agenda social. And his note was just let's see how fast Coinbase can process this. Now we know that it was not a quick transaction, but we appreciate it because it is point zero 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 five one eight eight Bitcoin, which uh, at the time he sent it was worth thirty dollars and three cents, which is very no agenda ish. Uh, By the time it got into my wallet, it was twenty nine ninety seven. So it lost six whole cents in the uh, Bitcoin's crashing. (laughs) Right, right. Get your Bitcoin out. Get it out quick. It's Ethereum that's going up. I mean, Bitcoin has been going up as well. And doge. (laughs) yeah doge i don't i still just look at that and shake my head and i read an article i was thinking of possibly doing a complete random thoughts episode on this on the guy that started dogecoin and the history of what this thing has gone through over the past 10 years or whatever it's been in existence because it was an absolutely fascinating read to, uh, I'm
0: I'm betting the story had the phrase "hold my beer" in it somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was all started as a joke, and the where it's actually gone is really concerning the guy that invented it. And he's been out of it a long time. He you know he bailed on the whole project a long time ago. But the reality was, he was a you know kind of like you. He was a dude named Ben. He was a decent coder, and once he saw that. Bitcoin was using you know, an open source. So you could take the Bitcoin code and launch your own cryptocurrency. So he's like, I went in and I changed, you know, Bitcoin to Doge and anywhere it said mine. I changed that to dig because dogs dig. And that's pretty much how this was launched was I took an existing blockchain and then just did a find, replace, cut and paste. job. Sure. And it's like that was it.
0: You don't you don't have to be a spectacular coder for that. You just need to understand how to read code and find all the places.
1: Yes. Which I don't. Why don't we have a grumpy old Ben's coin or a no agenda coin yet? How come none because, of the coders? Because I'm out there? not
0: so ambitious. And, and also I'm skeptical. You always are. You Actually, always are. the only way that we would get a grumpy old Ben's coin is the same way that one happened is if I wanted to troll somebody.
1: Right. So you're like, I, I created this to troll somebody. Yeah. You know, $20 billion later, you're like, oh, this is a pretty good troll. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 wow that really worked out
1: <laughs> yeah i kind of trolled myself there <laughs> trolling finally pays out uh yeah you're right csb says dogecoin has unlimited mining capability unlike bitcoin unlike ethereum so it's ultimate shitcoin. don't buy i'm not i'm not buying any dogecoin csb don't worry uh, i i mean that puts dogecoin on
0: exactly on par with fiat though
1: yeah yeah there's uh Uh, i
0: mean an unlimited mining capacity that's pretty much what congress is doing right now i'm just saying lots of people believe in the u.s
1: dollar and it has all those
0: characteristics
1: too yeah i've also been reading about the uh, chinese province that is just uh outlawed bitcoining because the companies weren't being energy efficient enough so they're all moving to a different part of china but how there's different parts of China, which okay, makes sense yeah, I'm,
0: but there's areas that, uh, there's coal, natural gas, hydro or nuclear.
1: <laughs> well see, that's it. and the they go in the when the hydro's good, I guess there's uh, two different seasons, which makes sense. there's a there's like six months where the hydro is better. so they move everything for those for the, it takes like two weeks, I guess, to move all the servers and they go to where the hydro is good, and then when the hydro dries up for the summer months or whatever it is, They go back to the other. So it's uh, um, there's a lot of energy being expended. There's a lot of money being spent over in China, which uh, is I mean, if 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 this keeps up, we're going to start seeing power plants being created by Bitcoin conglomerates. I could believe that because that's, you know, they said like eight percent of something was just in these uh, in the one province in China of all the processing power on the Bitcoin uh, network. So that's interesting. I mean, I, to watch. I
0: can see an industry popping up where instead of buying power from the grid, they just, you know, you, you 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 create the plant, you hire people to run the plant, you generate all the power, the lion's share of it goes to your own personal mining effort, and then you sell the rest on the open market for more Bitcoin.
1: Right. This is this is capitalism. I'm proof. It is capitalism 101. Uh, our expert cold asset says nobody sensible buys Doge as an investment. Yeah. Tell that to Midas. He made like thirty five hundred, but it was a gamble more than an investment and it paid maybe, off.
0: Maybe maybe Midas was trolling.
1: Maybe it very well could be. But thank you, Kyle, for coming in as our executive producer today. Now, the next donation we have, I need just to put out a call if somebody will email me if this is not supposed to be for Grumpy Old Benz. Because here's the problem. I really need to get a hardware wallet. So I can have a different Bitcoin address for Grumpy Old Ben's and random thoughts because I did get point zero 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 three five three six seven Bitcoin, which is just over 20 bucks. But nobody asked for any attribution or said it was for Grumpy Old Ben's or for random thoughts. It sounds like it is. That's why it's here, because I'm assuming it's for Grumpy Old Ben's. But if it's supposed to be for random thoughts, then somebody can let me know. Um, or we need a better system, which is I need to get a hardware wallet. Yeah. Or or maybe
0: I should just get a wallet and then people can <laughs> send a, split you know, it as they want it. I, I, I don't know. Just, <laughs> well, okay, no, that's here's dangerous for you. Yeah. Here's a question. Does that double the transaction fee if you send 50% to one wallet and 50% to another? It should. Because that yeah. might not be worth it.
1: Right. I think I believe that would be the case because that would be two different transactions. Uh, now, I know the whole light lightning node stuff is very low fees you begin with, but uh, it well, my is,
0: understanding is it's no fees if you already have a channel open. But channels, you have to tie up some of your funds in order in yes the maintenance of a channel.
1: You have to stake it, which is one thing I didn't realize. I learned a lot of this from Metis, which is why I did send him back thirty three point three three uh in the uh, Cardano. I believe it was that this is the thing. The eighteen dollars a month over at Voltage IO. That was including the staking part. He's like, if you build your own unit, which we've seen, you know, you could buy 200, 250 bucks in hardware, set it up yourself. It's all open source software that you can get your node up and running. But to keep a channel open, a lot of times you have to put hundreds of dollars into that account in order to keep that channel open. Now, if you close that channel or whatever, that money's still there for you. It doesn't disappear, but. The reality is you need to throw a, a decent amount of money in to keep that node up and running, which yeah. I didn't really understand the whole thing. But that kind of seems to yeah. make sense. Crypto is
0: just like Wall Street. You got to put in money to ha- make money.
1: Yeah, you got it. to The only people who
0: make money are the ones who already have it. This right. is, you know, only the elites can use crypto. I mean, it's, it's a new set of elites. It's all the people who got into Bitcoin early and are like, well, of course I have 800 Bitcoin just hanging around in a wallet because I got in really early and I mined it on my bathtub. (laughs) And (laughs) now you can't do that. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a newest aristocracy, but you know, it's funny when you get people donating the $3,000 to no agenda and they're like, well, how do you get that much? And, uh, Dvorak said, uh, well, I think he's a Bitcoin millionaire a bitcoin millionaire it's this is exactly the same thing it's it's people get in early people get big and now you've still got a it, how how are the socialists not hating everything about bitcoin i don't you've know you got the haves and the haves nots
1: i don't know because this is where the rich are really making a ton of money maybe that's where they're trying to keep putting more and more taxes on stuff but i just pulled this up in my coinbase app here now bitcoin in the previous 1 year was it's currently at fifty seven thousand seven hundred and it was as low over the last year as eighty one hundred dollars. That's up five hundred and forty nine percent, which is you'd think crazy in a year. But then you go to Ethereum and that's what I've been mining. That is up one and a half thousand percent. It was as low as $176 in the last year now at 330335. There's a lot of threes in there. Or that was the high it hit. Right now 3272. But up fifteen hundred percent, which is absolutely kind of crazy. Now I really wish I would have gotten into the Cardano just a little bit earlier. Where is it on this list here? Cardano in the last year started out as low as five cents and uh, now at a buck thirty six. Two thousand seven hundred percent in the last year. So uh, there's a lot of money to be made, and it is for the people like uh, you and me. You know, the people like me, us who you can throw a few hundred bucks in. Maybe you get a thousand bucks in the crypto, and you take a little bit of profit out, and you feel good. That's great. Now Elon Musk is throwing billions in, and just amassing massive amounts of wealth. And you're right. I don't see how the socialist uh, sect doesn't look at the what is happening as it yeah
0: there's massive in fact the the wealth disparities you you see all these people complaining about the wealth disparities of oh you know the you know, 80% of the wealth in America is held by the top 1% of people or whatever the, the stat that's thrown around it. And that, that's a massive wealth disparity. We get that. Yeah. And,
1: uh, but instead of you know, bitching about it, I would just like to join those people. Well,
0: that's, <laughs> the, that's the difference. And, and but I was going to say, uh, crypto right now, Bitcoin is, uh, the wealth disparity is even worse because it's something like 95% of all the Bitcoins are held by, you know, 1% of the top mining, but, but, when, when you see a wealth disparity like that, the, the socialists are like, tear down the system and the capitalists are more like, OK, well, how do I get into that group?
1: Right. You know, that's the that is a big change in thinking. And I just think a lot of the people that believe in the whole socialist concept don't understand that everybody doesn't get to be rich. Everybody gets to be poor. That's the concept of everybody's the same because. You just how are you going to make everybody rich? How are you going to give everybody a mansion? How are you giving everybody everything they want? There's limited supply still until we get to the point, And maybe we will as a society, which is how Star Trek figured that one out, at least for their uh, for their timelines is you have devices that can create anything out of thin air, whether you want a cup of tea or a big steak or a diamond or whatever. You just go computer make this. And it's there. Yeah.
0: You you abolish scarcity and suddenly yes. you can have your socialist utopia.
1: Yes, you, but you have to be able to abolish scarcity. That is. Well, that, that's why we need the
0: singularity where we can all just upload our our consciousness into the Google cloud and then everybody will be happy.
1: <laughs> See, the Bemrose consciousness into the Google cloud would be the virus, wouldn't it? That would take the whole system down.
0: Oh, if I could, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would be like, what's this logic pathway over here? Nobody's going there. I'm
1: going to probe it for a bit. Yeah. Why why is that lighting up all of a sudden? That seems (laughs) really that's like the millions of IP addresses that went live five minutes before Joe Biden took office that uh,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm not unique, though. It's a characteristic of a hacker who's like, this is something really, really beautiful. I wonder how I can damage it.
1: Right. Well, no, that's the job. That's what you're supposed to do. But well, it, uh, it's the job of a software tester, which I was very good at. But I digress. Oh, Mita says he's up to four point seven thousand in Doge. Dude, that is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Um, I've only made like a few hundred bucks on my crypto. So I'm, I'm jealous of the genius of Mita's. And that's why you should listen to Fun Fact Friday. I'm sure that he and his daughter, Leela give great financial advice that you should follow and you know you probably won't lose all your money.
0: And and you should also listen to MetisPod, Pod, which is uh, the it is, is the one that comes out almost as often as Maps
1: with Matt. It'll coming he's he's putting it together though. It's going to be good. He's changing all of his websites over to where he is just coding HTML and doing the RSS by hand. So he is old school. Then who has time for podcasting? I, he says it's easy. I, I haven't I haven't I've really gotten into believing him on that part yet. But I appreciate the effort that he's doing. And we also appreciate so whoever sent that Bitcoin um, a tribute. Let us know. Send us an anonymous email, an anonymous message, wherever. Um, and that would be appreciated. But we next on the list, Kenny Ben, no agenda artist, 15 bucks, says I might be getting my shows mixed up. But I have a question. I'm curious, Darren, if you had COVID-19, would you still have gotten vaccinated? No judgment on the jab. XOXO, Kenny Ben. I mean, how come? How come you don't sign the notes XOXO when you send donations into us? That would be nicer. But uh, no, if I would have had covid, I don't think I would have seen a need to get vaccinated.
0: You didn't you claim that you had had it like in twenty nineteen before it was a thing?
1: I believe that I had a coronavirus of some sort. Now, I don't know if that's the same and I don't know. I mean, that's a question I've had since the beginning of all this, whether or not having another coronavirus would give you the immunity to this. And we know that there's a lot of people who have had
0: it would give you at least as much immunity as the vaccine
1: seems to be doing. You would you would seem to believe so. And, you know, unless something is quite different from one coronavirus to another, we've had antidotal evidence of people that I've spoken to online that said they knew people. What did I say?
0: You said antidote again, oh. which which I find hilarious, but I have been told that I'm not calling you out enough on your pronunciation.
1: It's the evidence you see yeah, that there was somebody they knew who had the covid and their girlfriend or the girlfriend had it either way. The, either the girlfriend or the boyfriend had it. They were still sleeping in the same bed. The other one didn't get it and they didn't have any vaccination or whatever. So there's either a portion of the population who just out of whatever reason was immune to getting this or well that's always true there's and it depends on why you're immune to getting it it could be well i had a similar thing although it wasn't exactly the same but it was close enough two years ago that there could be some kind of antibodies it also could be that they had fantastic airflow over that bed (laughs) that would be really really good airflow but whatever i had was the worst sore throat that i had had since i was a kid and i had strep throat multiple times and they put me on the tamiflu and that was you know after three or four days the sore throat was not going away it wasn't until they gave me some kind of steroid or something but it just seemed to me that if it was the flu related that the tamiflu would have done its thing and uh so i don't know what that was but uh it's uh if I would have had over, though, you know, since the COVID thing started, if you had hey, you've got you've had COVID-19, then no, I wouldn't have seen a reason to get a vaccination because it's giving you immunity for something that you would have naturally. And this seems to be a case that is getting kind of glossed over. And there's I guess you can go conspiracy theory on that or it's. um where I can see people might be concerned is that the tests were being done at such a level that maybe you did just have the flu and you didn't have the coronavirus. So it's you know and it's,
0: uh, under the under the assumption that it is the seasonal flu, then there's a good chance you got the seasonal one in 2019, and there's a new one that came out the next year, this last year, and there will be a new one that comes out. You know, this is uh, the 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 cold coronavirus is is normally a cold virus, and every the Common cold is well known to be something that mutates all the damn time. It's one of the reasons it's so hard to vaccinate against, uh, you know, the the seasonal flu. There's a new one every and I'm kind of conflating cold and flu, but they behave the same. Um, there's a new one every year because they mutate. And boy, what are we hearing about in the media all this time? But, uh, oh, the coronavirus is mutating. That's what coronaviruses do
1: and right now. They're the, seasonal. The, the difference between that and the flu is the spiked protein and that though is similar to the common cold and to the previous version of SARS where if you have a vaccination which these all claim to be because there the Johnson and Johnson one was not a deactivated bit uh, of the COVID-19 virus it was just, a deactivated just clear, something else
0: everything is called a vaccine today because of political and money reasons because if you say it's chemotherapy you can be sued if it kills somebody if you say it's a vaccine you can't be so everything has to be a vaccine
1: which the Johnson and Johnson one is that was what I took now I the mRNA ones I'm fully with everybody that has concerns over the long term issues with it but the Johnson and Johnson vaccine was not a deactivated bit of COVID-19. I thought that was kind of interesting. It was from like a cold virus, I think it was. So it wasn't even that, but it was in order to teach your body to defend against the spike protein. This is allegedly how this science works, which means, yes, and this should also give you protection against the common cold. This should also then, if there are any variants, unless the variant is so radically different that it doesn't have the spike protein. And if it doesn't have the spike protein, then it's not really a coronavirus anymore. I don't know what difference the variance makes, because we're being told that the science behind what's going on in both types of the vaccines. But in well, I'm no took,
0: virologist, but I think that the difference that the variants are making is that it's forcing the lockdowns and mask mandates to last a lot longer.
1: And it may be. Because I don't understand why the vaccine would treat any variant any differently if the vaccines, from everything I've read about the science from the people who have made these, that what they're doing is attacking the spike protein. So it, the variants all have the spike protein. I'm just amazed for the people that, you know, again, I will go down this conspiracy theory route that up until, you know, two years ago, nobody knew this existed at all. Then all of a sudden they realize it's okay, it's a coronavirus. But then all of a sudden it was like this, the the uh, switch was flipped, and now we can tell which variant it is. Oh, we can tell you where this one originated, and we can tell you this and this and this. It's like I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily believe that kind of detail on it. But uh, I'm sure there are people that are way smarter than I am when it comes to this stuff. But the the short answer would be no. If I would have thought. That I had already been exposed to the virus, then a vaccination would not have made sense, at least to me. Now I understand why people might double up, and it's interesting, you know, how this all works. I guess it's because you're not really being injected with the actual virus, so maybe it's okay, but it's uh, it's questionable, and this is another question that medical science didn't have the answer to. And a lot of people are just doing guesswork on, but everybody's got to make their own decision, which was when I covered it over at random thoughts, that was the bottom line. When I saw that Joe Rogan even said, you know, yeah, I, w- I was scheduled to get the Johnson and Johnson shot when it was paused. You know, the guy's got enough resources to have more information, I think, than you and I do and to be able to get different types of treatment. He's a guy that has enough money. That if he does get an illness that, you know, he's going to be taken care of immediately and he has the money to have a private doctor fly him, you know, the blood of young children from Zimbabwe, whatever he needs, he can get it. So the fact that he was leaning towards that vaccine and I told you the greatest governor in the union, Jay Pritzker, got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So I knew it had to be good for us. uh, Big overweight white guys yeah but i'm I'm pretty sure that it works differently on lizard anatomy oh that's a good it's a good point we should look that up, but also coming in today with some cardano nine point eight eight three six seven six cardano so it's a very crypto kind of day I'm digging it our buddy mud pig comes in and that is uh for those of you not up on the value of cardano that's thirteen dollars thirty five cents u s d and he sent a note mud pig again. Yay, Mudpig. We like Mudpig. Sent y'all my ADA staking reward this time around. Uh, it, I, the, the amount I received made me chuckle. Last episode, you talked about your home NAS. My first one was a Snap server. While technically not a home NAS, I found it in the dumpster at the phone company I worked for in early 2000. The thing never quit and was still working when I retired. They don't make so, it. some You're of the most like
0: reliable hardware is stuff that you can swindle for free.
1: Yeah, they don't make the stuff like they used to. I can I can verify that, that there's some of that old gear that will just keep going and going and going no matter what. Now, the drives themselves may fail, although I know you told me you have a device that you can't actually change the drive in. And it's eventually I, just, I,
0: I can't change the drive. <laughs> but so far, it seems to be working.
1: Yeah. Knock on wood. Knock on a cat and get that working. Uh, <laughs> he said, uh, uh always keep being grumpy. Thank you, mud pig. We appreciate that. And that's all we know how to do is keep being grumpy. Uh, he also says, P.S., make sure they take any selfies they may want with the colonoscopy camera before they check the pipes. Otherwise, it may end up being a crappy picture. Couldn't help the poop joke. So, yeah, that'll be uh, next Monday. I mean, I know broadcasting with you could be a real pain in the ass. Next Monday will literally be um, be a pain in the ass. Not Looking and, and you'll forward. be
0: live streaming it on your Twitch channel. I'm <laughs> That's sure. What
1: everybody says, like, get you on, know, just can, can. Why? Why aren't you? Why can't you do the show? Take it with.
0: Well, they're they're putting a camera in there. How can that video not be a great commentary? Like this
1: uh, to go along with some of your podcasts while you watch. I mean, I know there are these. You know, a lot of these procedures. When I remember getting, you know, echocardiograms on the heart and stuff, where it's like you could see the screen while they're doing it, and you could do a commentary like, "Hey, here's what we got going on." I don't think anybody wants. That kind of information, yeah.
0: Be like, uh, so we're, today we're going to talk about Joe Biden. And to accompany this podcast rant, here is a live stream of my colon.
1: <laughs> hey, it's content. I mean, it might be, <laughs> might not be good content. Well, I know. I, I think they give
0: you drugs and and
1: rinses to remove all the content before they go in. Yeah, that is the worst part about it. The day before, which means I'm going to be probably okay, kind of happy. During the No Agenda Rock and Roll pre show on Sunday, but by about some Sunday afternoon, uh, not so much. But uh, also coming in with a check today, David Hagland, 1111. That is appreciated. Coming in at 10 bucks, Bernard Engelskircher, who I always butcher the name, I'm sure. 10 bucks, appreciate that. I think that's why he keeps trying to make you pronounce it. I know, but I never get any help. But thank you, Bernard. We appreciate it. Uh, Then Brian Janak, 10 bucks over on Patreon where we do have a way to get money from you to us at Grumpy Old Ben's or Patreon.com slash Grumpy Old Ben's. Uh, Betty Solero, again, coming in with six ninety six via check. We appreciate that. And then the $5 Patriones, Steve E., the Bemrose Bidet Fund, which is still active. So, uh, you know, speaking of getting a nice, clean rear, there's um, there's money being donated. for. Yeah. That. People will donate money for the craziest things.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: See also this show. <laughs> see also yes. Uh, Stephen McConnell, Dennis Woods, and Manashevitz, all the five-dollar and We appreciate each and every one of you for supporting the grumpiest show in the universe. If you want to be part of this value-for-value value model, it's a simple system. We do the shows; they're free. You can just pull them out of the ether, and it's up to you if you got value to show but that we, value back to us. You have to, to pay ether now. Yeah. Well. <laughs> that's the, and the gas prices on the uh, the ethereum just keeps going up but you can yeah, pull they, the shows out are. of the ether they're just there they're floating around on the interwebs on probably some of those IP addresses that the Pentagon had access to you never know who's uh, never know who's scraping your data yeah.
0: when when you finally sell corn pops somebody is going to make a hell of a lot of money <laughs> but it won't be you It It'll right. be whoever charged the gas price
1: yeah it is that's where the that's where all the fun in the crypto comes in, but you can have fun too. Going to com slash donate, you can click the donate button and use PayPal for a one time or monthly donation. You can use our PO box address to send a check or whatever you want in the snail mail, or you can use one of the crypto addresses Bitcoin, Cardano, Ethereum. They've all been used now, and we appreciate everybody for supporting us, keeping the microphone sounding good. See, you didn't give Adam bad luck by buying one of those RE320s. It was it was the dimmer switch, which was the most fabulous. How do you know I didn't install the dimmer switch? Oh, that's true. You have been playing with electricity lately. Yes. So it was it was temporary bad luck. Yes, it was temporary bad luck. And we appreciate everybody that helps support the show because there are always weird things happening. And I know that had to uh, really. Upset, Adam. You know you're ordering new microphones. Why isn't this working? What the hell's going on? And when you realize it's the dimmer switch in the dining room in the on the level below, I mean, you've got to still be upset, but you kind of have to laugh yeah. at the same time. It's like it, it's like the the general contractor that built the house was trolling Adam. Yes, I think yeah. that's that, <laughs> no, that's that's the explanation I've got. It was Tina putting the uh the dimmer switch in just the right position during the show to to set it off yeah
0: when when adam was telling that story on no agenda the the whole troll room was just full of people going oh yep dimmers dimmer switches are rf noisy their dimmer switches are terrible for for interference and like yeah, well then i mean it seems like if you're looking for your interference if if everybody knows that with at least you know 10 trolls did then you look like, for a dimmer well, why switch? You Checking,
1: yeah you look for the dimmer switch or you you find out why the Which, microphone is picking it up where the other microphone wasn't the road makes me a little bit nervous because the
0: room that I'm in, we converted from the dining room and it has the only dimmer switch in the house.
1: So play with that dimmer switch. See if you can well, get the microphone to sound like, I mean, the one benefit I was, well, it's,
0: it's an re three twenty. I bet I can. Yeah. The one benefit I have is, is that in all of the time we've been doing grumpy old Ben's more than two years now, I don't think I've ever clicked that switch out of the off
1: position. <laughs> See, and I was just imagining there was a, uh, was it Friends? There was a sitcom where, and there's probably been this bit done in multiple uh, in multiple sitcoms where there is a light switch that nobody knows what it does, and then they reveal it's something really stupid or crazy that it's actually controlling. That was kind of my thought with. Does every thing. house have one of those? Maybe you know it's the neighbor actually turning something on and off that's setting off the buzz. Uh,
0: you don't know. I'm. Like, I- I've got one light switch that, that uh, we were living here for four or five years before I finally said, you know what? I'm going to start. <laughs> like I got out my little voltmeter and, and put the alligator clips on that, like pulled the panel off the switch and just started tracing wires to figure out where the hell does this go? And I found, uh, a, a wall box that was covered up and half Ooh. obscured by weeds on the outside of the house that apparently used to go. To a row of lights that went down the driveway. That I, I I've I've never seen any evidence of lights. That like I you know once early on I remember my weed eater hit a completely trashed plastic tube that was down <laughs> right. at the end of the driveway, and I think that used to be the lights. But somewhere along the line, somebody went okay, we don't need driveway lights, and disconnected it and put a plate over the wall thing, and so we had a switch that was putting power to that plate. And nobody had any idea what the hell the switch did. Except for. The- and I'm, I'm of course one of those crazy people who has the multimeter with the alligator clip. So I'm sitting here trying it. <laughs> You're like, I know it's turning something on and off. Yeah. I just well, don't I just, know what. I mean, I knew. Okay. What I knew was that there were hot wires coming into the switch and there were two more wires that were controlled by the switch going back out. And I just needed to figure out where the other end of those wires were.
1: And it also, it's I was kind of surprised that the podfather. I mean, I know you wouldn't take this on the road with you, but a nice power conditioner to plug all of your gear into would probably kill the interference from a dimmer switch in another room. Probably, so that's uh, something in, to try.
0: In 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 IT, one of the uh, one of the conjectures that we use. And and by the way, uh, uh, if you have a math background, I, I use the term conjecture very. Uh, intentionally um is that if a cable has one end then it has another um
1: what if you know, it's a loop
0: well, uh then then it doesn't have an end
1: okay so if kid, oh, okay, you're right it have to have one I, end
0: yeah it, it's a bit of a it, it's a bit of a math joke but maybe maybe i'll explain and ruin the joke um it, it, like there is there there is uh, a number of different statements and descriptions you can use to determine how well you understand something Uh, If it's an axiom, you're just assuming it without proof. Uh, If it is a theorem, then it is something that can be proven from available other theorems and axioms. Um, A conjecture in mathematics or in, in logical systems is a statement that in experimentation seems to always be true, but you can't prove it. So you don't know that it's always true. It just every time we've tested it, it's been true. And so calling it a conjecture that if a cable has one end, it has another is is one of my favorite sayings for I.T., because if anybody has worked with a giant tangled mess of cables, then you just have to believe that, Okay, I found I found an end to this cable. There's got to be another one on the other end somewhere,
1: but it's not always proved to understand recursion. You must first understand recursion.
0: Yeah, okay. That was that was more geeky than than I should be.
1: <laughs> That's okay. Well, this is a nerd filled show, especially when me. This is listening. But uh, we do have some other stories, and I know Yay! we're already running long because uh, it was a great donor segment. We yeah, appreciate we, well, we that.
0: started the expert segment early.
1: Yeah, and it's, it, was, it was we have good experts today. Um, the first story, which I kind of uh, did a little celebratory dance on this one because California quite often gets things wrong. But I think California is getting this one right. Uh, you, you have to
0: dance for that? You must be worn out. <laughs> I know. Uh, How do you ever have any energy left the, if you dance every time California gets something wrong?
1: No, I mean, if, when they get it right, I dance. That's different. This was a story from The Verge, which said the California appeals court finds Amazon responsible for the products of third-party sellers. And this, I think is Ooh, the correct That's
0: thing. that's important. It is.
1: That, that has an effect. It is because a lot of people don't realize due to the way the Amazon system is set up that you're often not buying directly from Amazon. And then if there's a problem you're like, "Well, Amazon and Amazon's like, "No, no, they,
0: just the middleman." But as far as the user experience of the people who are buying things uh from from their perspective, everything about the amazon u i everything about you know there's there's a tiny little thing in on the page that says sold by so and so yes, but you're browsing amazon site it is all branded Amazon it all looks exactly the same as everything else on Amazon. You are giving your money to Amazon, yes, and it usually comes shipped in half the time it comes shipped in a box that looks like Amazon so Saying, oh, somebody else is selling it for the purpose of, of legal liability is
1: a bit of a dodge that uh, it sounds like they're not getting away with this for much longer. Yeah, that's what, it, At least according to the appellate courts in California, the main case at issue here was a woman who suffered burn injuries after a hoverboard she purchased on Amazon in 2015 via a third party merchant caught on fire. Amazon argued it was merely a platform connecting customers with sellers. But the appellate uh, appeals court found that there was, quote, a direct link in the vertical you know chain of distribution. Was
0: was, was this a, a like a federal district or a federal? Uh, like there's several layers. Do you know which court this was?
1: Uh, let's see here. Um,
0: uh, it, the, the size of the court depends, determines, you know, how big an area. And if it's, you know, if they go all the way up to the Ninth Circuit of Appeals, then that actually affects me. And more importantly, if it went up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, then that affects Amazon in Washington state, which definitely changes how they, it's a difference between whether they want to change just one thing for this part of California or whether they have to change everything globally because it covers Washington as
1: well. Let's see here. It says that um, it was a trio of state court of appeal i don't understand it's amazon says no a trio of state court of appeal justices okay um does it okay. say what state uh, court
0: of appeal means just california
1: right i think yes i believe so okay which I, means it it could still be going up that line but this is an yeah. interesting uh, case that, i mean if if amazon wants to appeal to it at
0: some point they go federal and at some you know and the other thing about the Ninth Circuit, by the way, is uh, the we haven't reported much on the Supreme Court here because most of the stuff they talk about is is uh, well, I mean, because they're corrupt, of course. Um, but there have been about five cases so far this year where the United States Supreme Court has overturned something that the Ninth Circuit did on uh, you know the the U.S. Supreme Court doesn't it 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 affirms. Uh, a district court of appeals far more often. There is circuit courts far more often than it overturns them. And I think in 2021, there have been a total of uh, seven, I think um, cases where the circuit court was overturned and five of those were the ninth circuit in San Francisco.
1: Well, nice. It's the, the ninth circuit is, is the hands down is the farthest left of all the circuits. Yeah, there's no question there. The lawyer that uh, spearheaded this said Amazon is now certainly informing third-party sellers they will have to be adequately insured if they want access to the company's vast customer base. And uh, when asked if he thought Amazon would take this to the California Supreme Court, he said, I hope they do, but I don't think they will. They can read the tea leaves. So uh, it's an interesting case.
0: One reason that Amazon might not want to put the, you know, the California Supreme Court would be one thing, but one reason Amazon might not want to push this federally is uh, they if, if they lose in the California State District Court, then that changes what they do in California. But if it goes federal and they lose there, if if say the Ninth Circuit did affirm this, uh, they that would change everything that they do around the world, right? They might not want that.
1: That could cost them a lot more money, but it is something that people need to be aware of. I talked about having the issue when I bought the dire straits box set from Amazon UK, even though it was sold through Amazon US. I mean, I didn't go to the Amazon UK site, but I purchased it. It came damaged. and Then to get it returned was a uh, was a real kludge. So. uh you have to be aware
0: i mean you had evidence that that whoever was either delivering or packaging these things was apparently playing a soccer game with them
1: that's how amazon does stuff with hard drives now the uh what was on the doorstep on friday during the show was the new dropkick murphy's album that just came out an album just in a plastic bag they up until now everything i've ever purchased on amazon vinyl wise came in a special box that protected the vinyl
0: i mean i don't i don't think it's just hardware i i ordered a i I ordered a a jar of of antacids on there and when it arrived it was an empty box about the size of my keyboard you know the size right with with a bottle inside where you could fit 12 to 15 of these bottles in but there was one bottle just rattling around inside of an empty cardboard box <laughs> and the bottle was half full of chalk dust
1: oh yeah because it's been it's been getting a workout
0: like I have to take my antacid with a teaspoon
1: <laughs> that's not a bad idea I mean when you're on grumpy old beds I suggest a double dose yeah
0: well imagine how it is for us hosting
1: <laughs> well, That's I meant uh, but there was an article which I thought was interesting as well because we were talking a little bit about the free speech disinformation there was an article on Breitbart. I know those crazy right wingers which talks about how many google funded organizations are declaring you know put it in air quotes disinformation as a threat to free speech now I knew this would make you happy because we've had this conversation Yay, rhetoric more than once that free speech is that it is all free speech the minute you start saying. That disinformation is the thing that is a threat to free speech. Then what you're really saying is you have no free speech at all. You can only say uh, it, what other people believe.
0: And and it, if if you are going to start classifying things as disinformation, then there there are two fundamental differences in kind. There there is uh, and and some people will split this into disinformation and misinformation, but. The the difference in kind is: Is this something that you intention you know is false and are intentionally spreading it? And and by the way, that that also is called lying. Or is it something that you don't you believe but happens to be untrue? And yeah, the, how you treat these well from a freedom of speech perspective, both need to be allowed, but. following either one to you lying is is not good it's not ethical believe it or not uh i i I know that's a hot take um but spreading information that you in in good faith that you know is true and it it isn't um if you start enforcing about that that uh, that 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 is an amazing chilling effect if you if you try to prevent people from saying things that they genuinely believe are true right just because if somebody else says it's not true then you could be punished for it, it you're going to severely harm the concept of of speech and idea transfer
1: well yeah because people are wrong about things all the time yeah see also google <laughs> yes yes There, are google like i said has funded most of these this is a coalition of organizations they wrote an open letter to president joe biden now i don't know if they think joe can still read but they sent a letter to joe biden urging the creation of a quote you're gonna like this the creation of a quote disinformation defense and free expression task force (laughs) Uh, yeah does this sound 1984 ish to you yeah that sounds very orwell Uh uh-huh Disinformation Defense and Free Expression Task Force. Hashtag make Orwell fiction again. They congratulated Biden on his, quote, impressive first hundred days as president.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Biden deserves congratulation on his ability to uh, recognize almost two dozen of the alphabet letters on the blocks he's been playing with.
1: Yeah. They want to uh, go after the, quote, clear and present threat of disinformation. And there was the letter we'll post a link to this. It was published by Axios. And of course, they're pointing to things like the insurrection and all of that. But I have to say, some of these organizations, I wasn't really surprised. Uh, there were things like uh, the Center for American Progress, Center for Democracy and Technology. Um, the one I was kind of surprised to be involved here was the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Usually they're on the right side of things. When
0: usually comes, they're on the side of freedom. Are you saying they're not this time? That would
1: seem to be the case if they're going after disinformation. Uh, and again, we don't support people who intentionally are dishonest. But this kind of power to silence people is very easy to just go down the political lines of, hey, they're saying something we don't like. Boom. You're lying. I-
0: I, I would absolutely rather have to deal with people being dishonest with me and and normalize that so that people don't trust each other, which we already have today. I would rather deal with that than with somebody trying to tell me what I can and can't say or can and can't think, because that that way lies the the destruction of the human spirit. Now, and I think, yeah, the, the, the chilling effect is incredible.
1: It is because who gets to decide what is the truth and what is disinformation right now? The way everything's set up in this country, anybody that has any questions about the vaccine safety are being shut down as disinformation. Now that's I, I, dangerous. I think
0: that Facebook and Twitter right now are doing the most that they possibly can do to destroy trust in the concept of objective fact checkers. They, they, Facebook and Twitter are doing more to destroy trust in the concept of objective fact checkers than any amount of uh, anything that we could say on this podcast that we can say all we want. Hey, these fact checkers sometimes get it wrong and sometimes have an agenda. And so you shouldn't trust just because somebody said it was true or not. You should still do your own research. We we can say that. and We do say that on this show, but. Every single time that somebody posts a meme that they saw that they thought was funny or or posts an anecdote about how, hey, I got the vaccine and I got a really bad headache. And Facebook shuts it down and says, we're sorry, but you're spreading misinformation like, no, I really did get a headache. Right. That is that is doing more for the cause of showing people that that this kind of Orwellian censorship is bad than than we could ever do.
1: Well, and it's really hard to show if one thing. Cause the other which is why you need everybody to be able to speak and then you can see if there's yeah. you know are there five people that say they got a really bad headache or are there five million you know or and, something and, in between you know, any any statistician knows that the plural of
0: anecdote is not automatically data but what we're not allowed, you know but anecdotes are the kind of things that they're they're not statistically useful as data for the most part but what they are is uh they they are really good signposts that point to the kind of thing you need to collect data on. And at this point, anecdotes are being shut down and nobody is being allowed to collect the data to come to conclusions on their own. And that right there is harming human knowledge.
1: Yes, because you need to have that open line of communication and where people aren't afraid to speak what they believe is the truth. Because it goes against what the government or whoever says, and knowing that if you say this, you could be shut down, banned, jailed, whatever. But uh, this was also, there were two laws or things being suggested. That's what I've got for the the rest of the day. One is a Florida bill, which would fine social media platforms for banning politicians, which I thought this was interesting. So Florida politicians, you're right which it's like, OK, this is kind of the, the Trump bill, I guess, because this is trying to make sure social media cannot totally outright ban political candidates. If they do, there could be fines of up to $10,000 a day for banning a political candidate or 10000 if the candidate was running for election, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the House version then bumped those fines to twenty five and 250000 So if they're decent sized fines. It wouldn't apply to any temporary social media bans. So I'm thinking a little less teeth. They also wouldn't apply to instances yeah, where they had to remove a specific post. Right. This is, so if they remove a post, they can do that if it violates their uh, terms of service. But again, this is why I'm calling it the Trump law, because you can't just out and out say that the politician can no longer post. But as The Verge points out. There is a very Florida-specific exemption to this law, and you, you want to guess who this exemption is for? Uh, is it Trump? No, but close. Any information service system, internet search engine, or access software provider operated by a company that owns and operates a theme park or large entertainment oh complex. Oh, my God.
0: That's <laughs> the Disney
1: <laughs> law. <laughs> so, yeah, Disney gets a pass. They can do right, whatever right. the hell they want. Because Disney owns a third
0: of Central Florida. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. It's like, one, okay, you're trying to maybe do something good, but then Disney being one of the biggest, baddest evil companies going right now.
0: Well, the, yeah, but the people in Florida, they certainly know which side of their- <laughs> The bread where, is being where buttered. Lobby, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, Disney's still bringing in. I, I mean, it,
0: it sounds good on its face, and I I appreciate the sentiment behind it. And any time that you pass something like this, you're creating a bit of momentum for for better laws to come along in the future. So I don't want to take that away. But I, only politicians? I mean, really? I let's what makes politicians any different than than people?
1: Well, their words should be so much more important because they are lofty individuals in the They're society. They're supposed to
0: serve us, the people.
1: Yeah.
0: How the, the, One of the sources of corruption in the Western world today is this pervasive idea that politicians are somehow a separate class of people rather than being people selected from the people to represent the people. And now you've got you know, they're an aristocracy. You've got Pelosi in there who is, you know, wiping, spitting and wiping her nose every time that she has to walk by a human and and saying, you know, that we're entering the temple of, of Congress. No, no, that's our building.
1: And they're still looking for her laptop. I don't even care. The law. This was a lot more interesting one because it I don't have it wasn't. Are you sure? Is that no, no, I've got enough clutter in this house. I can't be certain. Now, this is a bill that was uh, introduced to the Senate by Bill Haggerty, Senator Republican of Tennessee, that may get a little bit more done than the Florida law, if it could ever get passed, which I'm highly doubting until at least uh, two years from now, when the Republicans maybe can take over. The House and Senate, yet again. But it's a bill that aims to go after the key vulnerability of big tech, which, as it points out here in the article on Breitbart, is their increasing resemblance to common carriers. So the bill called the 21st Century Free Speech Act follows a legal opinion from Justice Clarence Thomas, who argued that censorship of Americans on tech platforms could be ended if they were regulated as common carriers or places of public accommodation so now, oh, yeah this yeah. happens
0: more government regulation solve one problem then then you know kick it down the curb for,
1: for well that's the only way the that they're going to be problems. able to do it though as much as you don't want more laws when it comes to big tech who is otherwise just going to thumb their nose at everything and continue doing this then this is uh this you need some teeth it says more,
0: more regulation is almost never a problem you need to address the the
1: root cause well, the root cause is the tech companies are evil liberal bastards.
0: Well, there are a lot of evil liberal bastards who can't interfere with my life out there. The no, root but these cause can. is the tech companies were were allowed to generate enough wealth and enough power. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, I, th- I thought this was I, interesting because it says for the tech companies with more than a hundred million monthly active users. So this is very few companies that have more than a hundred million active users a month. It would abolish Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, but it does leave the protections for things posted that they don't have to be responsible for. But it would make it uh, very hard for them to censor people on the basis of, we just don't like what you're saying.
0: Uh, like I said, I, I approve of the sentiment. I don't know that I, I I just I can't get on board with more regulation being Uh, I'll go ahead and throw out, you know, every all you have to do is is walk down any block in America and you can find example after example of some giant corporation doing evil things. And uh, everybody the the stock response to that is, well, we need to regulate these corporations. Well, here's. Here's a modest proposal and I've thrown this one out before, but it's never been popular. And I know that it's going to cause a lot of social upheaval and a lot of people would complain, but what if maybe we just didn't have corporations? What if we abolished the protection of the people making the decisions for the corporation from liability for those decisions? What if we applied when, when Amazon goes out and, uh destroys the lives of workers when when google violates the hell out of the first amendment when when mark zuckerberg goes and and violates campaign finance laws by buying elections Why don't we open them up and actually start enforcing against the people who made the decisions? And if we can't be sure who made the decisions inside of a giant corporation, then we just go to the top. You're the CEO. You're responsible for what happened in your corporation. You're going to jail. Maybe we'd have a little bit nicer corporations who don't do quite as many evil things if they didn't have this blanket of the that protects all the people deciding what the corporation does from liability and the effects and the consequences of those decisions.
1: And I think that is kind of what this is trying to abolish. Yeah. When Zuckerberg's in jail, I'll believe you. (laughs) No, he would just, you know, when this kind of stuff starts coming into being, that's when, when you own these kind of companies, you cash out and you go to the Island that you just purchased with the billions of dollars and go, I'm out of here. The Island. Yes. but he'd be gone he wouldn't be doing it anymore
0: we we need another bikini atoll out there zuckerberg what did you buy
1: yeah yeah i don't know that but this i think is a move in the right direction we've talked a lot over the last two years about section 230 of the communications decency act and what it does and what it doesn't do and how it allows the tech companies to hide behind what they're doing to moderate things that perhaps they shouldn't be but uh they're able to do it because they are private companies and there does come a time we have ha- always had you know the telephone companies that were a public utility that they're a common carrier this isn't nobody was making the argument that the phone company was a private company so they you know could do whatever they want and they didn't have to give you a telephone line if they didn't want to or any of that and it's a weird world i will agree with you on that and the the supreme
0: court totaled that one
1: you know the internet has become so popular that some of these companies are to the point to where they're they're acting as common carriers even though they're saying we're not
0: i mean the same precedents absolutely apply uh we just you know the the fix for this, as always, is in Congress. But unfortunately, that place has become so corrupt, you can't expect any useful reforms to come out of it. Instead, the only thing that comes out of that is four trillion dollars worth of Biden spending.
1: Yeah, and if they would have just invested in
0: Dogecoin, Do you remember like five years ago when uh, the lack of net neutrality was going to completely destroy the internet?
1: <laughs> yeah, and Trump, how did that happen? Trump nuked that. So that was in. Uh... The lack of net neutrality was what? like, And three we don't years? have
0: an Internet because of Trump now.
1: Right. Because that was but it was. It was I mean, it wasn't immediately when he took office, but it all kind of dominoed about a year, I think, into his term. So it went for three years and I didn't notice any problems at all in those three years of things that were going to go horribly, horribly wrong because the Internet was being allowed to act as the capitalist system that uh, it always has been. And I, I don't notice any of the issues i never saw any of the problems and now they're just you know pushing for what we talked about on the last show which is oh we need to give the unfortunate people making under two hundred thousand dollars for a family we need to give them free internet because you know it's a right now and if you're going to say it's a right to have internet then screw google they're also a right they're a they're a common carrier twitter common carrier
0: and, and and you know, see see previous discussion about positive rights versus negative rights. Any any right, any quote unquote right that, in order to fulfill it, requires that you force something from somebody else is is not a right. It it is uh it is a handout. It's it's a, a you know the, if the internet can't be a right because absent any input whatsoever there is no internet and it i guess what i'm saying is uh and, and this is this is a philosophy thing um it, it, you know right to uh be you know, a right to free food is a positive right that says somebody has to give you food and therefore we have to force someone to give you food uh a right to own a firearm is a, a negative right which says you have you are able to own a firearm if if you were the only person on the in the world you would still be able to own a firearm so that's that's a right that that works just anybody who comes out and says that a positive right is something that everybody should have is is promoting collectivism and needs to be punched in the face
1: or at least explain why they're wrong we don't or that we don't recommend violence is a first priority anyway
0: no 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 but you know, you, you go go down the list. Violence is on it. It's near the bottom. <laughs> it's, it's, violence it's, should be a last resort.
1: Yeah. It just depends how many resorts you're visiting before you get to the tropical yeah, island your, of your violence. Your resort list
0: can be shorter
1: or longer above that. But. Yeah, it is true. It is true. And that's a lot of what people don't understand when it comes to how the world works. And it's why the millennials are having so many problems trying to wrap their heads around the world that they are entering, but uh, all we can do is speak the truth, okay, what are you reading uh Sir Spencer? Violence is not the answer, it's the question. The answer is yes, <laughs> and if you want more of those kind of pithy comments, go to bowl after bowl dot com and listen to Sir Spencer's podcast and support that dude if you like what he does. That was just a that was a free plug there, Sir Spencer, yes. Yes. The next one won't be right. <laughs> you give them a taste and then yeah. first one's free. Yeah. Then the, the other ones cost. But we have plenty of stuff. We're with grumpy old Benz. We're we're your, your local tech drug dealer. Yes. We will give you a little and we will take a lot. I just checked. There's been no streaming sats since we started the show. So everybody's listening uh, live. Okay, we're need, done. We need to get streaming sats for the live show. Because then you're decentivizing if, if you can't get those beautiful sats during the live show. But I know they're working no, on that. We, for the live show, we have streaming trolls. Yes, we always have streaming trolls. And we will be back on Friday after my COVID test on Thursday. That should be so much fun. And uh, then Monday next week, I'm not sure what's going on. You'll have to ask Sir Bemrose figure that one out. Maybe by Sunday, uh, Friday, we'll figure that out. If uh, if there's going to be a grumpy old Ben's, since I'll be uh, getting anally probed by an official uh, member of the medical com- community i hope <laughs> um but we'll see but we will be back friday with plenty more stories and plenty more jocularity until then i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america just outside of shy where whatever they make you drink the day before those tests uh I, I'm, it's not going to be good And from America's
0: Left Coast, where I'm planning my next road trip for April through October, I'm Ryan Bimrose.